I would hope I would still remember. I've only known you since I was 18, so. Welcome to Geeks Without God with Nick Glover, Tim Wick, and Molly Glover. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. This week on Geeks Without God, our guest is Nels Lennis, and we're going to talk all about the infinite. It's just a small little thing, you know. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Hi, welcome to Geeks Without God. I'm your host, Nick Glover. I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Molly Glover. Hello. And Tim Wick. Hello, I am also here. And uh, we have a guest this week. Our guest is Nels Lennis, co-founder founder, and uh, board member of Huge Theater. That's right. Hello. That's me. <laughs> hey. Um, uh, and we're going to talk about, oh, I guess, the, the audacity of an, a finite being claiming to understand the infinite. Yeah. You know, it's uh, uh, something that I'm used on a lot. And um, I, uh, I don't know, when, when we were talking about... Um, what to talk about in this podcast that was the first thing that popped up and it's just yeah. a, a topic that um has always been uh, really interesting to me really fascinating to me i i agree with that because it, it's something that i mean as we know you know a lot of myth and therefore religion stems from our fear of death and wanting to have control over things we can't control i mean even way back to myths that you know focus on why is there sun and why does it go away you know like why is there winter <laughs> you know and so the, the but the, really the biggest one that concerns the majority of you know the, the the dominant religions in the world right now is what happens after you die which yeah, is yeah exactly yeah and death is the ultimate infinity right it's the right. one one thing that happens to all of us regardless mm-hmm. and it's the the only thing that really happens to us that has complete and utter finality of infinity and forever and know? we know so nothing about what happens afterward like exactly. we have we have zero actual data about what happens but but yes. we, we i mean there there are books that have been written molly about uh, what no. happens afterwards oh right that kid went to heaven and yeah. said it was all super chill everybody thumbs up for dying <laughs> yeah, yeah. there was a documentary of flatliners too oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah oh my god i loved i loved flatliners when i was like a young teen <laughs> they did like a sequel remake that we never bothered to see too oh yeah. there was yeah like 2017 or something yeah oh my gosh um yeah, I think uh, it when I think about this topic or this kind of concept, it I, I'm an atheist, but it, it it feels like an argument for agnosticism more mm. than atheism because I feel like I've heard the counter argument or the, the 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 reverse of this argument, and that's that well, how could a finite being you know understand God, right? Therefore, like you know, it it, it it's a sword that cuts both ways. One could claim. I don't necessarily believe that, but I feel like you could hypothetically argue the the reverse is is you know God e- is everything. equally uncertain, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's a really good point. Actually, uh, that's uh, I hadn't thought about it in the reverse, but you're absolutely right. What it's, sorts uh, of damn it? It's, it's really, yeah, thanks. Everybody. We're going to change the name of the podcast. <laughs> that's the episode. Uh, have a good night, everyone. Uh, thanks, Nels. Yeah. No, yeah, it's it's a good point, but you know, it's uh, um, uh, 
There's a, a person behind me. Information might is happening right now. What? The Eagle Bluff information night is happening. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll come do that. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. Well, it was another finite, another finite being just joined the chat. Yes, exactly. For a minute there. They're just yeah. everywhere. They just, they just come out of the woodwork. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I guess, and I, you know, I, I put myself sort of in like the atheists and agnostic sort of, uh, you know, straddling the line in between there. Like, I don't know. I don't presume to know, you know, what any of the answers. Um, right. But I also presume that there's something that I don't understand that is out there. And that's kind of the agnostic part, right? Um, so the, the finiteness of my capabilities to define what is infinite is, yeah, it's both those things. It's <laughs> like, it could be proof that, yes, I understand that there's something out there, but I don't understand what it is or some days it's, you know, I don't, I don't think that I'm capable of even defining what is possibly out there. And the fact that somebody might say with complete uh, confidence that they know what's going on seems like an illogical argument because they are a finite person trying to understand the infinite. What's really interesting to me is, like you said, you know, we all, every living thing dies. We all die. And the, to me, the, I mean, that I mean, I've heard people say, you know, when we've lost friends and it's like, they're on to the next adventure, whatever that may be. And that's, you know, to me, that's, it's exciting to think about the fact that we don't know. And I, I understand people needing the comfort of saying, no, I'm going to be reunited with everybody I've ever loved. And, you know, all my pets will be there. And, you know, definitely none of the bad people will be there. It'll be only the good people. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. no, that sounds awesome. Like, I mean, that's, that's great. But I, I personally, I, I don't know. I, I, I enjoy the idea that there is something that we cannot know. And and no matter how hard we try, we won't know. Sure. I, yeah, you're right. There is there's something comforting about a final mystery too. I uh, I think this this topic too really um, like any religion, like anywhere any religion or or where someone's claiming to have all the answers or claiming to know what an infinite being is thinking. And that should be suspicious, right? I feel like that should be red flags. Like anyone who says, like, there's a God, by the way, also, I'm the guy that knows what he wants. Yeah. Like, I'm yes, the one. Exactly. I'm your ticket. I'm like, your ticket yeah, to talking like, to him. Like, if, if, if there is a God, sure, let's accept that for a moment. And God is infinite and, and uh, uh, you know, everything powerful. Then how could you possibly know? How could right? you possibly it's speak on behalf? It's, it's sort of an unfortunate pairing, right? The fact that a lot of organized religions uh, are, number one, you know, like purporting to, to talk about, you know, things that are infinite and beyond our capabilities, but also at the same time, coincidentally, are a really, really good way for people to gain power and keep power and maintain control over and people. make that money. They got to yeah. they gotta make that money if you donate, yeah. donate to us to guarantee your place in heaven. It's exactly, almost like is, religion isn't about going to heaven mm. Mm. <laughs> right it, yeah we yeah. wonder how far an organized religion would go if there wasn't that component of you know uh control or or the fact that it's kind of baked into the concept is that people follow and people obey you know mm -hmm. I, yeah, I, yeah i mean that's that's what religion is right and i think you know what what we're getting at is that 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 argument that you can understand the infinite is what what gives people power over over other mm -hmm. people but but it's not 
there's this claim that it's giving them comfort because death can be kind of scary to some. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but in the end, that that comfort that they're giving is at a price mm-hmm. to to sacrifice mm-hmm. your own control over your life mm-hmm. uh, to whoever's whoever's pushing their infinity <laughs> on you. Yeah, exactly. And whether or not you know you you are doing it consciously or not, I think some people are happy to give up that mm. freedom in order to get that that uh, um, uh, comfort or, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I I think and uh, infinity itself is a, a really bizarre concept that i mean i I think i I understand it enough to know that i'll never be able to fully (laughs) comprehend you know just large numbers like let's take infinity off the table like we're we're just simply talking about imagine a a hundred thousand people and it's like no can't not i I can't (laughs) like imagine imagine a large number of something and like really really can you know can get that concept built up in your brain and you think about um, statistics and things like that that are making large numbers easier to comprehend, they're really doing a lot of heavy lifting because our our brains really aren't great at comprehending large numbers of things. Yeah, exactly. That's that's something I've thought so, so much about. In fact, a couple of, like years ago, I sort of developed this uh, theory, and I'm sure that somebody else has written about this, and that's actually a really smart thing that somebody else figured out. Um, but <laughs> I had this thought that I don't think the human mind is able to comprehend more than three things at a time. Hmm. You know, like because in my own experience, like if I had, you know, a bunch of quarters and I put them on the table, and if there's one quarter, my brain could just see one. If there's two, I could see that there's one, and then there's one that isn't the other one. Mm. So it's two, and three is just kind of this magical. Like you can sort of comprehend that there's not one, two, or three, but as soon as I saw four, my mind saw two and two. And then I see five and I would see two and three. So at that point, math, a tool, uh, a human invented tool takes over to help me understand what larger numbers are. Or or even then you stop viewing them as individual quarters and it's just a bunch of quarters. Like it's one thing. It's a pile. It's not four distinct things. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, there there are people, you know, there have been people out there who who are able to, you know, Dustin Hoffman from uh, Rain Man, right? Like Mm -hmm. uh, you could see. They could see how many there are, how many cards that fell on the floor, and they could count that immediately. You know, so there is. I feel like there are some people out there who maybe, you know, that limit is pushed a little bit. But you know, numbers. You know, we deal with incredibly small numbers every single day in order to get through our lives, like hundred, two hundred, three hundred. Like then our brain starts to to shut down. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think I think when I when I look at the like stars in the sky right which mm-hmm. there are there are billions that that we could see if uh, if we didn't have all this light pollution but if I was say in a in a dark sky area and and you look at those stars and there are stars up there that don't exist anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah that that the light that <clears throat> left that star did it so long ago that that star is no longer there and th- that feels ridiculous yeah it yeah it, it, it and and trying to wrap your wrap your head around the idea that that the sun is so much larger than the planet we're on yeah mm-hmm. you know it, it logically of course it, it, it makes sense mm-hmm. you know understanding that as something gets further away it gets smaller and the sun's a pretty long way away yeah. and, and all that but but when you take when you when you actually have something that shows you the earth versus the sun to scale 
you're like, well, nah, it's not. We're not. It's not that small. You, you, you can see a picture comparing the two, and you can be like, oh, yep, I get it. Sun bigger. But like actually <laughs> actually conceiving of that size is is a, a totally different thing. It's like yeah. for, for me, the, the boggler is the emptiness of space. Thinking about how much you know volume there is of just yeah. fucking nothing right. is like I, I just I have, a, I have a really hard time imagining that. Right. And those are kind of simple, simple questions to pose. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and then when you transpose that over to, well, I know exactly how the universe was created and I know exactly <laughs> what is meant for all of us. You know, like I can't even understand how far away the sun is. Right. Really, <laughs> with my brain, I mean, know? honestly, trying to imagine like when you look at it's like if you, when you look at the oh, this is the sun and this is the earth and yeah, sun bigger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then trying to imagine what I what I am to scale on that that picture of the earth. <laughs> Or even like something bigger, like my house, my yeah. city. Like yeah. I, I mean, even then, it's just like, oh my god. And I know I, I have some, I have some friends who get very, uh, they can't think about this. They get depressed. They get uh, overwhelmingly depressed at mm. how small they are, and that insignificance depresses them. I personally find that insignificance incredibly fucking freeing yeah. because it's like, yeah. no, see, no, that's exactly it. The light from those stars is gone. Like that's, we're seeing echoes of dead things. My God, like just the, like what I did today, the the screw up I had at work or, you know, the, the, the thing I did that I'm embarrassed about from when I was a kid is so insignificant that I can maybe just let it go. Maybe mm-hmm. I can do just you think let that, that go. Do you think that speaks to like people's, I don't know, narcissism isn't the right word, but like, being depressed about how big something is is sort of like saying, "Oh, I'm sad that I can't do something yeah. with it or about it." Yeah, and being interested in how infinite something might be is uh, kind of your humility accepting your place in this giant, unexplainable universe. Yeah, I've often, I mean, I've said this tongue in cheek, but I do mean it. Like, I, I, I am thankful that I've never been cursed with ambitions or dreams. That, that like, <laughs> but like, for real, like, there's nothing that I need to achieve, or I'm going to feel like a failure. And and so I think and I have I mean, my brother, uh, my littlest brother is very much like, oh, I haven't even ever done anything with my life. It's like, like, what? It's like, well, I could be, I mean, there's famous artists and there's people who are, and it's like, you want to be a famous artist? Well, I don't know. I just feel like I should be more than what I am. And it's it's like, I just, I'm, that is, I have, I am not cursed with that. I am not, I don't have that need to be famous, to be bigger, to be somebody with a capital S, you know, like I'm happy to fade away. I don't, if no one remembers me in a hundred years, hooray. (laughs) But if he gets famous enough, somebody could throw tomato soup on his art in protest. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I sympathize. Like I, I feel, I feel kind of bad for people uh, that, that feel that way because I, I feel like that's like, a hole that can be filled with maybe therapy and self-actualization and, <laughs> and nothing else. Like, I don't think yeah. there's, I don't yeah. think there's anything else that's going to, to fix that and make you feel content about You'll that. never be famous enough. You'll never succeed enough. You know, it'll never be enough. Yeah. There's a, there's a little bit of, um, I feel like I'm talking down to a lot of imaginary people right now, but like, there's also <laughs> kind of like a, a sense of, uh, um, being in control, right? Mm-hmm. When you were like, I'm going to be this, I'm going to, I'm going to achieve a certain thing. That's a measure of control. Or I, I can, I can understand how big, how far away the sun is or how far away the galaxy is, is allows you to, to have a control over it in some, mm-hmm. some sense. Yeah. And, uh, 
Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. I don't know. I I I I think about infinity all the time, and I think about what how a person approaches it and how they think about it. What that says about their own personality. Absolutely. Well, and like we were, you know, tying it back to religion, the idea that, you know, to say, I know how big the sun is because, uh, and I know that God can't make a rock so heavy, he can't lift it, etc. You know, but but that that I, I am certain, I am positive that, you know, this will happen if I do this, you know, it's a very transactional, transactional way of looking mm. at the universe, which I find so funny, because the universe is so chaotic. And so random, and that you think that if you put tokens into this slot, that you'll get what you want out of it is just astonishing to me. Right. And what what percentage of people base their you know beliefs in the infinite on the religion they happen to be around growing up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not you know some sort of uh, you know study of of really what what religions speak and that's i mean there are people who do that right there are people mm-hmm. who search for their for meaning and they go and they find spirituality that means something to them but i mean i feel like the vast majority of people are what they are because their parents were or they grew mm-hmm. up in that era you know mm-hmm. yeah and that seems like an odd correlation between oh well that must be what the entirety of all infinity is <laughs> yeah. is what yeah. mom and dad told me to yeah clearly to my mom and dad know everything yeah and therefore <laughs> right. I, you know i i think uh it's it's what's oddly appealing about uh, some of the more polytheistic religions of uh, of of yesteryear in the the sense that uh, the gods that they believed in were finite that they, mm. they there was some 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 knowledge that the, the that the Greeks had that they couldn't really come up with a god that that could do everything yeah. mm. you know Poseidon was in charge of the sea and I mean the sea is pretty powerful but it ain't thunder Zeus says th- Zeus mm-hmm. gets thunder and they're all fallible yeah 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 sure. And, and that that felt like maybe at some point in the past there was a recognition that we can't understand hmm. infinity. Mm. Or maybe they didn't even understand infinity. Maybe at that point the world was too finite to even start contemplating an infinite being hmm. because to right, them, there's no need to because we don't know what lightning is. That's weird <laughs> enough. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, the, you know, that the, that horizon gets pushed out further. Sure, the and further. more, yeah, the, sci- the <laughs> yeah. more scientific advances, yeah. and the more we understand about the universe. Well, now it I seems like know the when, scale is. When was the moved. when was it's, the uh, concept of infinity? It's like, a good question. Um, I, I'm guessing it was po- probably like Arabic mathematicians, right? But um, and it could have been Greece. The Greeks developed mathematics, sh- but I don't know if they got as far as infinity. But it's um, uh, the god of the gaps. That that term, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's um, it's the the God lives in the gaps between all our knowledge, and as our oh, knowledge yes, yes, increases, the gaps get smaller and smaller. Um, there's there's less less uh, that needs to be explained by the, the God sized hole gets smaller. <laughs> Ooh, good. Um, what God is responsible for gets bigger. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like God is impotent and can, or impotent, <laughs> omnipotent <laughs> and can do anything. Mm-hmm. Versus like, well, this God is in charge of moss. Right, or, right. You know, <laughs> well, you didn't. Whatever. You didn't. Well, and she's a jealous bitch, and you did not burn the proper <laughs> offerings to get your moss growth. So, is this, yeah. whose fault is it really? Like, <laughs> no moss for you. Uh, that's what I like about about especially ancient polytheism is so much of it was like, well, you fucked that up. You should know better yeah. than to. Yeah. I mean, she prefers songs to be sung in the key of C. And I don't know what you're doing over there, but like she, you're, you're F sharp. What's yeah, wrong yeah. with you? It's, it's very, it's, it was very much 
such like a, oh yeah my bad I failed and now it's just like oh well there's a plan but yeah. you don't know it there's a there, don't worry he's doing what he's supposed to do you should just just keep praying it's fine it's just you, if your prayers go unanswered it's just because you don't know what the plan is <laughs> like very but then, obvious but then like obviously what's the point in prayer right like right. like if there's an infinite being who's infinitely powerful who has a plan who knows how everything's going to work out who could fix everything at any moment and make everything better and eliminate disease and, and child death and all the horrible things. What is your prayer going to like, like <laughs> yeah. compared to the infinite, what is your incredibly finite prayer, which is not actually, you know, any sort of measure of anything, mm-hmm. but a little bit of will expressed. Mm-hmm. What, what does that matter against the infinite? Right. Yeah. yeah it's, it, it swirls around in my brain a lot. It reminds me of a, I think it was a meme I saw a couple of years ago that was like a, you know, it was a video of just like pulling out from like the tiniest atom and then, you know, up to the size of a person and then Mm -hmm. up to the earth and then the sun and the solar system, the galaxy, and it just keeps pulling back and back and back and back until it's, you know, all these galaxies. And then it's a picture of Jesus looking over all these galaxies and and it just says, don't masturbate. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Of all the things, there's so much to worry about and focus on, and that's the don't eat pork. That's, yeah, that's exactly. where I'm. That's yeah. uh, um, that's actually. I mean, that's from from the original Cosmos with uh, with Carl Sagan. There was an, a whole episode. Yeah, he hated masturbation. He did. He, he, uh, <laughs> he clearly did not. He clearly wasn't in the that. crime of Onan. <laughs> yeah. The opening of the episode, he's like, "If you wanted, if you want to make an apple pie, you must first first create the universe." Hmm. And then he proceeds to go to a macro scale. Start start from the apple and then expand out to the edges of the known universe mm-hmm. and then go back to the apple and go to a micro scale and, and go down to the atomic level. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- Jesus wasn't on either part uh, oh. in that one. No, I guess they, they, they fixed, they fixed that episode, but it's a, a really macro level of like a hand on a dick. Just like, like <laughs> technically, technically atomically, I'm never touching that dick. If you, <laughs> like, if you wish. I actually never actually touch it. It's on the atomic level. So you see, Your Honor. <laughs> Tom, if you, I'll never touch if you wish dick. to masturbate, you must first create the universe. Yes. <laughs> Equally true. Equally so true. So many applications. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah I, I. it's funny. I think, speaking of that, actually, that's something I think about a lot. And, and Masturbating. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, no, but like uh, Adam. And so as soon as I learned about atomic structures and the fact that uh, uh, nothing is solid, nothing is there is no yeah. such thing as like truly solid the way we think of it as sure. like it's it's like something can go through everything, you know, like it's it's and then that everything is always it's just a matter of, you know, what atoms decided to hold together with significant force versus different force and just. Yeah, that stuff just, I don't know. And then, you know, and then I took LSD one time and it was all over for no. me. Yeah, it was, was I, sure it's, oh, it, it really did, honestly. Like, it, it, that is one of the things that I think helped me the most with the, uh, the sense of infinite, the sense of my importance and these, like, what is reality? Reality oh. being just utterly subjective and honestly helped me realize that, like, okay, but, you know, you know, right now in my brain, you know, I am unable to tell you if this is light or if this is mist. Like I'm looking at something. I can't tell you if I, if I, if I could touch this or not, my brain mm-hmm. can't do it. And it's like, so now I can really start to understand how we can have two different opinions. And that blue dress, gold dress thing 
uh, was yeah. one of those. I think that opened a lot of third eyes on people realizing <laughs> that, like, no, it's all subjective, man. <laughs> yeah, that was a fascinating time. Oh, in God, it was, good. History to it was a good time. Look at somebody in the eye and tell them what they see is not right. Yeah. 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 I, all I ever saw was white and gold. People were like, but you see, this is a picture of the actual dress. And I'm like, OK, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's cool. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, the the recent uh, I, I'm not able really to understand it or explain it, but like the the, the, the Nobel Prize that was given out recently about. Uh, you know, our understanding of the universe and quantum mm, states mm-hmm, and everything mm-hmm. and, and is something that I had thought about a lot, you know, talking about really, really small things. And a couple of years ago, I had this thought of like, well, how is not, how is everybody not absolutely fucking freaking out 24 <laughs> hours a day knowing that like, cause we, at that point we did know that like, if you get smaller, you get to a molecule, you get smaller, mm-hmm. you get to an atom, you get small, mm-hmm. small, small. And then you get down to the quantum level where something can be two states at once. And that's what all of our reality is based yeah. on. Like, how are you not losing your mind all day long knowing that nothing is based on anything finite? Yeah, it's just an agreed upon because delusion. Because science is wrong about so many things. <laughs> well, it's, it's that whole, you know, I, I think a lot of this uh, is really neat. There's a uh, uh, evolutionary psychology, the real kind, not the bullshit kind. <laughs> um, we, you know, start to look at like our, our brains being able to think of things in that uh, object permanent sense, like the quarters you discussed earlier and how, you know that like I think the example that I always hear a lot is uh, there's a part of your brain that's the reason why you don't get scared when you start thinking about a tiger and your like fight or flight mechanism doesn't kick on because you can just have the hold the concept of you know a tiger in your mind without being terrified because there's a tiger nearby even though your brain thinking about a tiger and seeing a tiger there's you know not a ton of difference in in what's mm-hmm. you know c- comprehending that as a as a threat and that's why i have arach- honestly my arachnophobia is to the point where i can't if i think about spiders too much i start to like have physical reactions like and i will if i if my brain if i'm trying to fall asleep will be like Think about the way spiders crawl. And I'm like, oh, my God, why would you do that to us? Like, no, we should not think about that. And it's like, it's like, but like, what if it was like right now crawling? And it's like my heart will start to beat. I'll start sweating. Like I just it's like like I'm actually like in the presence of the creature, even though I know categorically it is not in this bathroom with me. Like, it's really weird. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, is that a um, do you feel <clears throat> any sense of like. Thinking about something like that will cause it to happen? No, I don't have that magical thinking where I I worry that if I think about it enough, it'll happen. It's more like uh, I know my brain will, if I think about it enough, especially before bed, it's like, well, we're just going to have nightmares. You're giving, we're going to, we're just going to dream about this because we're thinking about it too much. Uh, it, it is, and it's funny, even when like the spider that was living over our garage pad, our number entry pad, and it lived there for like, I don't know, like a month. And every time I go out there now, I glare. What is it about those fucking pads that makes I know, I know. a spider house? Like, I like, they love it. Ugh. So I would like glare up at the corner. And even today, I went out to the car, to the garage, and I like glared up at the corner where it, it doesn't even, it isn't even up there anymore. It hasn't been for a while. And I'm just like, I'm watching you fucking thing. You better stay. <laughs> You're just like, ugh. You stay in the corner yeah, where you, you belong. Know. Goddamn glad you died. <laughs> 
Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> Welcome well, to the infinite. Thank bitch. you for eating those mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, uh, we are going to move on to our five questions. Hooray! That's right. Yeah. These are our five questions. These are Nobody ours. else's. Yeah, yeah that's no one, right. No one's ever asked these questions. Trademark. <laughs> Geeks without God. Five questions. We own that number of questions. It's a finite number of it's questions. A, every every teacher that gives a pop quiz that's five questions long owes us ten cents. But I do believe we have asked to have people send us five questions, a ne- five answers, a nearly infinite number of times. That's true. So, That's true. It certainly yeah. feels like we've yeah. asked an infinite number of times yeah. for answers. I'd for say sure. begged. Begged. Uh, uh, Molly, do you want to Yeah. All right. Now, question one. What is a game you have played recently that you really enjoyed? A game that I played recently that I really enjoyed uh, um, would be, well, I'm looking at it right now. It's actually over there. Um, it's a board game. Um, yeah. Called Dune Imperium. Ooh, I've heard mm. good things. Dune. I Dune is is my favorite favorite book. I, yeah, I, I've been a, a bit a fan of it forever. Um, and uh, during the pandemic, you know, lonely times, uh, uh, friends, some friends of mine um, decided to do something nice, and they ordered me that game, and they and it just arrived one day. And uh, also being the pandemic, I didn't get a chance to then play it forever. Yeah, because it's not a um, solo, right? It's it's it there are solo aspects to it, but it's, it's, it's like Atama and yeah. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Um but I did finally get a chance to play with uh, the friends who had bought it for me and it was it was just a ton of fun. And uh um I'm a, I'm a fan of board games. I'm a fan of like com- you know complex board games uh within reason. <laughs> yeah. Um but uh this one was was quite fun and it and it spoke to me um in uh the ways that I really love Dune and I love the fiction and um, yeah, it was a, it was a good time. I had a good time with that one. Did, did you hear about the, it, the most Dune thing to ever happen on the Dune subreddit? No. The, what is this? The Dune subreddit on, on Reddit recently, the, the administrators uh, saw, the, saw that there was just too much of a certain kind of a content being posted. So they banned all AI generated art from Dune. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Which is life imitating art? That's just, really yeah. That's just too. Is there good. a whole thread now about it's, how ironic it was that they did that? Like I don't know if they were aware of it while they were doing oh it, but god. the internet certainly noticed right away oh and god. was yeah. just like, "This is delightful." It's that's yeah. thus forcing humans to actually increase their ability to draw pictures themselves just like in Dune. <laughs> yeah, yeah pr- pretty soon it's going to be people taking drugs to learn automatic art and <laughs> making the AI art themselves. Oh, that's our that's our AI artist. He travels with us. I want to know when the AI art is going to have a blue period. But anyway. <laughs> it's question number two. What science factor discovery do you think is really fucking cool? Well, you know, this kind of ties in with what we were talking about. Um, uh, I've been fascinated for a while with, and I, I'm not going to get a, a lot of these things correct. <laughs> I'm less than an amateur when it comes to, you know, math and physics and stuff like that. But the concepts are out there. So if anybody wants to actually like look up the real numbers and everything, <laughs> but um, the uh, Planck length, Planck, Planck unit, Planck size, I don't know yeah. if you've ever heard of that. Yeah. You know, it's the, uh, the concept of like the, the shortest and smallest possible measurable distance there is you mm-hmm. know um and talking about our ability to comprehend these things uh i had read somewhere that they're like <clears throat> the number google right one mm-hmm. with a with 100 zeros behind it um is larger than the number of atoms there are in the observable universe <laughs> which i don't know how the fuck we know that but i'll trust scientists <laughs> <laughs> 
but the number of atoms in the observable universe is something like 10 to the 80, 80th, something like that. Yeah. So one with 80 zeros, but a Google is bigger as one with a hundred zeros. Um, and a Google Planck, like cubic Planck, uh, cubic Planck units, um, would be like three centimeters by three centimeters. <laughs> it's wow. just this, um, so small, I say immeasurably small, but obviously it's measurable. But it's, it's so, so small. That's that, just uh, wild. You know, and, and, uh, there's also like an application in, um, the concept of absolute cold, mm. uh, yeah. you know, zero degrees, uh, mm-hmm. Kelvin absolute uh, zero. Versus is there or absolute absolute zero? Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, somebody asked, is there an absolute hot? Is there an absolute, is there an upper ah. limit? Huh. And that upper limit, you know, heat, if heat is measured as a wavelength, you you, you measure the the distance between the peaks of the, mm-hmm. the wavelength. And then at some point, you know, theoretically there is no limit, right? But you mm-hmm. get to a point where the distance between those peaks approaches the Planck length, and then we just don't know what happens <laughs> we don't really have a model for something that hot yeah right? um, so yeah the, this this concept of you know infinity and, and vastness and largeness is is so fascinating to me but then the fact that there is sort of a finite measurement at the other end of the scale yeah. that is also kind of ununderstandable to humans yeah. is infinite fascinating in its own way yeah yeah even, even though it is the definition small. of finite right yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it's um it's very much like when you just get too much mass in one place it's an it has enough gravity to to bend or break space time and that right, you know, black yeah. holes we know that there's a connection between energy and and mass and we can turn you know one into the other uh, i sure we, can um <laughs> you can uh uh what you know what is it that happens if you get too much energy in in one place is there something is there some similar phenomenon that's yeah i think the general consensus is that they're according to our you know our the what is it called the cla- the classical model of physics or the, mm-hmm. the whatever whatever it's called according to that those rules say that there is no limit to how much energy you can put into something but then again, we don't know what happens when that does happen, oh, or, yeah. Or, yeah, the, or we don't have the ability to do that, even though we don't think there is a uh, something uh, stopping us from doing that. The, that the, is, the limited is the amount of matter that we have to turn into energy, I suppose. That is yeah. really fucking cool. Which is awesome. less than a Google. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah there we go. Uh, question three, where do you get your sense of right and wrong from? Because we know it isn't religion. You know, I, th- I, I, I thought about this one. I was I was thinking about this one, and... When the answer hit me, I felt kind of enlightened, but embarrassed, but also fascinated. I think it came, a lot of my morality came from media, mm-hmm. from TV shows, from movies growing up. You mm-hmm. know, I would find myself seeing, you know, you see an episode where of a TV show and it's a very special episode of yep. XYZ or whatever. And it's usually a moral conundrum of some kind, right? And it's really black and white, like somebody... Uh, maybe I'll cut corners to do good on this test. And then you realize, oh, that was a bad thing to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was sort of spoon fed to you of like right and wrong. And I sort of realized how much of my life I had pulled from just movies and television. And and honestly, the sense of karma that was displayed in a lot of movies, like mm. people who do dumb shit get killed in movies. People who do bad things get punished. You Fuck know, you see that so out. much in stories and media so i feel like that and i consumed so much media when i was a kid yeah i feel like it got into my blood you know i don't think that's embarrassing at all i think that's 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 especially for those of us you know we're about the same age and and growing up in 
you know, the, the late 70s or 80, mid 80s, you know, and, and especially like mid to late 80s, so much of the TV was morality tales. Yeah. And, and they weren't always like with a Christian bent either. Like they, they generally, a lot of it was just sort of a kind of a, you know, like you're saying, like uh, people fucked around and found out whether that was good or bad. Like the people who did good were rewarded. People who did bad were punished. And it was very simple. You know, yeah, yeah you're right. Absolutely. And it was a, definitely an age of like the beginning of, you know, no means no, mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, r- racial equity, you know, yep. just understanding these things a little bit more combined with, you know, the, the dissemination of a lot more media, a lot more channels, a lot more. Yeah. So that that sort of morality kind of bled out into everything at a time yeah. when like, you know, we were sort of ass- assessing these things as a culture. And we all hate it when someone doesn't get their comeuppance. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, you know, oh, like yeah. If there's someone that that does fuck around and they never find out, and the story ends. It feels so unresolved. Oh, yeah. It feels so uncomfortable. Like, but that guy didn't get his comeuppance. Looking hey. at you, January sixth committee. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so deeply baked oh, into us, right? Yeah, yeah. and I, yeah. I think so much of it comes from media, where we yep. we see that that person obviously is acting in an immoral way. So they need that's wrong. Though they should be punished. Yeah. Okay, question four. If you could build a robot to perfectly perform one chore or task for you for the rest of your life, what would you choose? Uh, well, you know, we you, the podcast listeners can't see this, but we were on camera. Uh, you know, we're on camera here, and, and I had to apologize for the state of my home. <laughs> I honestly feel like I w- I'm, not, I'm not great at uh, nesting. I'm not great at, you know, uh, organizing and decorating. Mm, so mm-hmm. I would love to automate you know, we talk about TV, like you turn yeah. on TV and you, you watch a family uh, sitcom and you see a family home. It's always immaculate. Yeah. Right? It's fucking yeah. immaculate. So like I was kind of raised to think that that's the environment that you live in is this TV set, you know, and then I look around my own house it's like, oh, it's really messy. I yeah. wish that this magically was all in the right place, which seems yeah. like a great task for a robot yeah. or a responsible person. Yeah. Or, or if, choose it's, robot. if it's dirty, it's dirty in a way that anybody could clean in five minutes. Yeah, exactly. Right That's you need a Rosie the robot. Right. Like the Jetsons clearly had the same. <laughs> That's exactly what she was. She took care of everything. Like that's. I'm just it saying just, we are approaching that. We had the the video calls. The I just need the face I can put on, so I don't have yep, to do yep. my work. Cause I don't have to put my makeup on for work. I can just pop that mask on. My entire job right now is pushing buttons. <laughs> I mean, in one way or another. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's true. Just pushing <laughs> buttons in the right order. Yeah. Yep, right. Yep. All right. Question number five. What is a movie or TV show you think everybody should watch? <sighs> this is a tough one. Um, obviously, everybody's tastes are different. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can say that I would say my favorite television show, and this is very pretentious thing to say, but it's The Wire. I love mm-hmm. The Wire. Oh, think, yeah, The Wire. <laughs> I think The Wire is fucking brilliant. And in anticipation of this, I was thinking about like, well, you should be able to explain why you think The Wire is brilliant. And I spent a long time thinking about that. And it wasn't, you know, when you're describing a show like Breaking Bad or The Sopranos Mm -hmm. or, you know, some other show that's kind of considered to be like one of the best shows of all time. You talk about like the crazy things that happen in the show, like this episode, oh, I can't believe this happened. I can't believe this happened. And The Wire is just sort of a collection of like really mundane yeah. sort of things that in comparison, you know, um, and it's just like the way that it's presented, the way that it's written and the way that it's this amazing mosaic of stories. While at the same time, like I can't explain it to somebody because it sounds boring as fuck. Yes. You know, right? Yeah. Um, but I've watched that show in its entirety, probably five times. Oh, like, wow. I, I cannot get enough of this show. I yeah. love it so much. And it's not, 
there's no, I, I, I would never, I mean, there are a couple of moments, but like, they're not, it's not really a show where you say, oh, well, this episode where this happened, mm-hmm. and this is a really, really great thing that happened here. No, it's just the entirety of the, mm-hmm. of the, uh, I, I think the, the reason I would recommend it to people is because it's the only really piece of uh, media, specifically TV media, um, that presents itself in more like a, a novel or a book than, mm-hmm. than an actual TV show. And I think there are so few things, right? Like, I, I feel like The Watchmen was a good example of like graphic novel, but it was, you know, it's, it's this deep thing that can't be done in any other media mm-hmm. and it had to be done as a graphic novel. And I think The Wire is similar in that. I don't know if there's been anything else like that where it's been so uh, <laughs> bibliophilic. I don't know. No, I know. What you, I, get, I totally yeah, I get what, what you're saying because it, it's a, uh, it has that slow burn that novels have and it doesn't spell everything out for you. You're, you're picking up a lot on context clues when you're watching The Wire and a lot of there, I mean, there are entire, I mean, there's entire scenes where there's no dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just yeah. watching characters react to things as they look at things. And, and there's no music in the show. And there's, yeah, no, yeah. there's no music. There's literally there's, no score. There's, there's nothing no that is, is being, you're not, your feelings aren't being led. And I think that's such yeah. a rare thing. Yeah, exactly. It's, um, I, uh, I love that it, without being, um, overly analytical or like a documentary, they do this remarkable job of taking a problem that we can all kind of agree is a problem and, and you know, there's, there's a lot of inequity around it and just being like, well, okay, so here's the problem and here's one thing that's con- contributing to that problem and then here's some things that are contributing and causing that and then here's some things that are, you know, what, what's in the way of fixing that and now who are the people that should be responsible for fixing this and why aren't they doing it mm-hmm. and they just like, like we were talking about earlier where you're slowly moving back and mm-hmm. back and back to get a greater perspective on things. You, say, you want to talk about infinity like this. It yeah. never ends. You yeah. keep following the trail and it just. Absolutely. Yeah. If you want to create the wire, cycle. you must first create yeah. the universe. <laughs> yeah. can't, can't, can't sell drugs without the universe. That's, true. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's yeah. it. That was question number that five. Question number five. five. <laughs> I lost track. Of that. I can't even think of five numbers, I, let alone uh, contemplate the infinite. Yeah. He, just, he just looked at him and he was like, two and two. Yeah, that's right. There's There are some there questions. Exactly. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, Nels, thank you so much for joining us and for, for talking with us this episode. You've been great. This was delightful. Um, yeah, this is great. Thank you. Yeah, we, we really appreciate it. Um, listeners, if you want to send us your answers to our five questions, you can send them to fivequestions at geekswithoutgod.com. Uh, we'll, we'll read them on an episode. If you are one of our patrons, just mention as much in the uh, subject line, and we'll bump you to the top of the, the queue. We do want to say thanks to all our patrons. Um, you know, you're the reason we have our, our web hosting, we have uh, nicer mics to, to to hear us with and all that jazz. It's really great. Uh, and, and speaking of our patrons, we want to thank uh, Maddie Love, who's our, our newest Yay. Uh, patron again, back uh, uh, showing us some love. Uh, <laughs> I bet uh, Maddie never hears that. <laughs> oh, my God. I, now I feel so terrible about saying it. Oh, uh, but uh, yeah, th- thanks, Maddie, and, uh, and to all our other patrons. And otherwise, we'll be back with another episode next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. If you want to create an outro, you must first create the universe. Oh, fuck off. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks. 
Geeks Without God. Until next time, you can find us blogging and listen to past podcasts at geekswithoutgod.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at Geeks Without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Everybody listening would be like, fuck yeah, this guy rules.